everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Temptation. We all deal with it, don't we? The ubiquitous nature of temptation. Temptation crosses all socioeconomic lines, all racial lines. It's everywhere. Temptation. If I'd ask you this question about temptation, what would your answer be? And don't blurt this answer out, just you can say it to yourself. What is the biggest temptation that you deal with? What is that thing, that area that seems to always be in front of you, that, that little thing or that big thing that trips you up. Have you got that? Now, I want to ask you another question. What do you do best? This might help you with the answer. Where are you gifted? What sort of comes easy to you, effortless to you? What? What? Because I'll bet you cash money that you're tempted around your greatest strength. I'm tempted around my greatest ability. It's so interesting, isn't it? For example, if you're a charming person, God has just given you that charm. You know, people are like, oh man, you, you, you've got it. We can use that charm for good, for the things of God, or we can use that charm to manipulate, to connive. Maybe you're a leader. Maybe when you step out, people follow. It's just a God-given thing. You know, everybody is influential, but you have that extra measure of influence. And if you're not careful, you can use that leadership quotient for evil. You, You can use that on one hand for good, but on the other hand, you can use that discernment to rip people apart, to belittle them. Wherever you're the strongest is where you're tempted the most. I like to, well, I don't like to, but I work out. I almost said I like to work out. I work out. And I work out at this gym where they have those kettlebells. Have you seen those kettlebells? I call them hell's bells. They're little goblets with these handles on them, different weights. And as I started out working, you know, you, you, you swing these things and when I started, I was doing a certain amount of weight, and, and the more I've gotten my form down, I've increased, and I've gotten better, and I can swing more of those hell's bells, those kettlebells. When I'm tempted, when I resist the temptation, when I see past the bait to, to the consequences, it makes me stronger. When my form is right, it makes me stronger and I better walk with God, a stronger believer. So, so it's often temptation gets a bad rap. Yet temptation is everywhere. It's, it's no respecter of persons. Everybody is tempted. The Bible says when you're tempted. Again, think about that area where you're tempted the most. And I'll bet you that it's the area where you're gifted the most. Today, I want to go through 
a template of temptation. As we look at the villain, because that's what I'm talking about, the villain. Who is the villain? The villain is the enemy. Who is the villain? The villain is the accuser. Who is the villain? The villain is the tempter. I'm talking about the devil himself. As we look at him, we've got to understand him. We've got to understand his strategy. It's like God has allowed us to go back into the locker room to, to do some, some peering, to do some looking around. We see his strategy. The villain's strategy is perversion or it's perverted. When God has a gift, Satan has a counterfeit. Always. It's never something original. It's never something new. It's never something Picasso-like. No, no, no. It's as old as dirt. And what blows me away is it still works in my life and in your life as well. So I thought we would just expose the, the, the villain's tactics because the villain opposes the hero. The Bible is, is, is a book that everyone should understand. One villain, the devil. One hero, Jesus. One message, Jesus saves. Let me say it again. The Bible is very basic. One villain, the devil. One hero, Jesus. One message, Jesus saves. That is what the Bible is about. So with the hero, of course, the hero being Jesus, we invite the hero into our heart and we can become heroes to a watching world. Conversely, if we turn our back on the hero and we go the way of the villain, we can become a villain to those people we're around. So Satan, he fights, he fought. God segues to man because he messed Adam and Eve around. We have the sin nature from man. He then goes to God because he knew the Trinity would be up to something really unbelievable as, as Jesus lived his life, died this death, rose again, and now he goes after you and me again. But let's talk about the temptation of Jesus because Jesus was tempted. Fully God, fully man. Jesus was tempted. This is a template. Now, obviously, we're not tempted in the same way Jesus was tempted. The devil, the villain, wanted to get him off his purpose, off of his game. He wanted to keep him from living a sinless life, dying with sacrificial death, and rising again, thereby thwarting God's plan. I've always loved snakes. I've always loved them. I don't know why. When I was a kid, I really loved snakes. My parents never, ever, ever would let me have a snake. I'm still bitter about it. I need counseling <laughs> about it. I just love those things. I was in the third grade and we lived in the Southeast and someone caught a snake, a big snake. The snake was in a jar with a lid. I looked at the snake and dad was looking at the snake and the neighborhood kids were looking at the snake my girlfriend, Tina Airwood, was looking at the snake, yet, this is kind of a sad thing, Tina and I broke up about a month later. I threw dog doo-doo in her hair. I didn't mean to. I was just slinging it around on a rake, but it hit her in the face and in the hair, and that was it. So, it's a whole nother story. Tina Airwood. I wonder what she's doing today. Tina Airwood. So, they were looking at this. And I was looking at it, and, 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 and my, my father looked at me and said, son, don't touch that snake. We're not sure if it's poisonous or not. Do not. 
Do not. I said, Dad, can we take the jar to our garage? Yes, he said, just for a little while. Once I finish supper, that's what we call it back in the day, the dirty, dirty. Once I finish supper, I'm going to come back out. We're going to kill the snake because it could be poisonous. Dad, it's not poisonous. I read snake books. I mean, I've lived on this earth nine years. I know what a snake looks like. I know what a non-poisonous snake looks like. He goes, Ed, don't, don't, don't. Son, do not touch the snake. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. He goes in. I'm looking at that snake. Neighborhood kids are looking at it. Teen era was looking at it. That snake's not poisonous. Then I began to talk out loud. He's not. I mean, Dad doesn't really know. I mean, he's a preacher. He doesn't know about snakes. I know about snakes. I said, Ben, hand me the yard gloves. Ed, you're stupid, man. Don't do it. It's my brother. Give me the yard gloves. Okay, okay, okay. Put the yard gloves on. Unscrewed the lid. I could, I could just hear Tina Arrowwood going, my hero. And I looked at that snake, picked this big old thing up, and all the neighborhood kids were like, oh my gosh, he's a snake handler. This guy, whoa, he's dialed in. I said, I told you, dad'll be fine. I'm gonna bring it inside, show him this snake's fine. This snake's not poisonous, it's not aggressive. We're not gonna kill it, I'm gonna keep it. Whoa. You know, you, you talk really big, don't you, when your parents aren't around? <laughs> I said, Ben, I'm gonna hold this snake barehanded now. He goes, Don't do it. You're an idiot. I go, Ben? Okay, okay. I said, Take the yard glove off. So he took one of the yard gloves off. And as I reached his left hand to grasp this snake right behind the head, he jumped on me and bit my hand blood spurting. He's hanging there. <laughs> ah! Ah! The neighborhood kids bolt. Tina Airwood runs back home. Ben runs inside, tells on me. It has some bad consequences. When you make a pet out of sin, everything's okay. I just look at it. You begin to doubt the voice of the father. Today, he doesn't know about what's poisonous or not. I mean, does God really know? I mean, does my father really know about reptiles? Heck no. I'll just play around with it. I, I'll, just, I'll just unscrew the lid and look and, and the peer pressure. And then I want to be the man. I want to be the, 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 it's tough. The temptation of Jesus is so interesting, so deep. I, I could talk for hours on it. First temptation, fast food. Fast food will kill you, man. It's horrible for you. I love it, but it's not good for you. After the baptism of Jesus, Jesus was baptized. 30 years he lived in obscurity. He was baptized, and the Father said, this is my son, whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. He was baptized. He went public from obscurity to going public. Then the Bible says something interesting, and I've wondered this for a long, long time. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit. What? You, you mean the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that's what it says. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted 
by the devil. Why? Why would the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, lead Jesus into the wilderness? I'll tell you why. Matthew is about the kingliness of Jesus. Everything is king. Talks about the ancestry of the king, the arrival of the king. Read it in Matthew, the adoration of the king, the announcement of the king, the affirmation of the king. It's all about the king. It's all about the king. Well, the Holy Spirit's like, hey, villain, bring your best game because Jesus is going out in the wilderness after fasting 40 days and 40 nights. He's going on the offensive and he's going to show the world that he is the sovereign savior, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what's going on here. So Jesus was not like on his heels. He was not playing defense. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Here's what the devil does. He plays on what is already played out. What did God say in the baptism? This is my son whom I'm well pleased. And now he comes to Jesus. He's famished. He's famished. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God. Oh, God just said it. If you're, if you're the son of God, a desire sprinkled in with a little doubt can lead to devastation. And again, the area was called the devastation. If you're the son of God, tell these stones, and the stones look like loaves of bread, to turn into bread. There's nothing wrong with being hungry. There's nothing wrong with food. Nothing wrong with carbs. Nothing wrong with it. But it was against the Father's will. The Father's will was for Jesus to fast. The Father's will was for him to be tempted like we'll never, ever get tempted. It wasn't time for him to eat. So the devil wanted Jesus to use his supernatural powers to turn the stones into bread, thereby passing up the will of God. Whenever God has a gift, Satan has a counterfeit. The gift of sex, you want to see counterfeit? Look around. Look around. Homosexuality, immorality, pornography, this whole trans, transgender vibe, perversion, perversion. God has a gift. Satan always has a counterfeit. Always, always, always. And we need to understand that. So Jesus wasn't buying it. He was like, uh-uh, no, no, no. So, so he answered, it is written. Write it down. It is written. And notice that Jesus was able to rely on the things as a man. He didn't use his, his supernatural powers here. This is, this, is, this is a man thing. He's using the word of God and the spirit of God. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I'll say it again. Sin is a legitimate desire used in an illegitimate way. Use the desires. God thought desire up, not the devil. Use the desires God's way. Here's the phrase that pays. Are you ready for this one? The villain tempts us to do wrong. God tests us to make us strong. Fast food. Notice this next one. Fast fame. I can be famous. Talk to young people. What do they want to do? I can be famous. I can be famous. The devil came to Jesus. He's like, Jesus, you got like, what, two followers on Instagram? 
You can have billions, more than Justin Bieber. Matthew chapter 4. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God. Now, again, throw that little doubt in. Did God really mean, did God really mean no sex until you're married? Did God really, did, did God really say, did God really say that, that, that homosexuality is committing cosmic treason? Did, did God really say that? Did God really, I mean, I mean, come on, a little, a little, a little desire, a little doubt, devastation, devastation. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down. Man, you'll have all these followers. For it's written, and here's what he does. He takes a scripture out of context. Jump down to this line. A text out of context can become a pretext. What does that mean? Okay, he quotes. Satan now is like, okay, Jesus, you want to quote scripture? I'll quote scripture. Satan's a good theologian. Here's what he says. He goes, he goes, throw yourself down, for it's written. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus, jump down, and the angels will catch you like Odell Beckham Jr. catches a pass. Just everything will be cool. Everybody will go, whoa, man. Jesus is in town. People might say, oh my God. And they'll be right. That's the only time you can say, oh my God, and be right. Other than that, you're cursing. Satan took this out of context. Psalm 91 doesn't say that. He left out in all thy ways. We follow the Lord in all of our ways. We live under the will of God. <laughs> he does that. He's all about that, 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 that doubt. Just casting that doubt, that, that, that question. Go back to the garden. The first Adam was tempted, right, in paradise. The last Adam, Jesus, was tempted in the wilderness. The first Adam was full. He had everything happening for him in the garden. The last Adam, Jesus, was hungry. The, the first Adam sinned, and he was cast out of the garden. The last Adam, Jesus, emerged sinlessly, lived victoriously, died heroically, rose bodily. Thereby, it was the death of death, and he's given us the power to be victors through temptation as well. So we just think about this. Fast food, your desire, my desire. Use that desire in an illegitimate way. It's a legitimate desire, but use it the way you want it used. Fast fame. It's all about being famous, man. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the man. I'm the girl. And, and it's crazy what we'll sacrifice, right, to be famous to be recognized, to, 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 to be in the popular crowd, the, the clique, the squad, that people go, whoa, man, that's something else. Hey, students, it's not worth it. Here's the third one. Fast fortune. Fast fortune. Fast fortune. The devil took Jesus up mountain range and said, Jesus, hey, you bow down and worship me. You know, it's all about worship for him. He's trying to do in your life what he didn't get done in heaven. Worship, right? Worship. 
He said, Matthew 4, verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you. Well, that's a lie. <laughs> he doesn't own them all. Yeah, he's the God of this world, lowercase g. The God of this world system. The prince of the power of the air. No, no, Jesus is the king. The only, the only area that he can operate in is the area that God allows him to operate in. So it's like, really? All this I'll give to you if you'll bow down and worship. So, so think about the temptation. Here's Jesus going, well, I can just bow the knee. I can forego the gore and get to the glory. Man, that, that, that was tempting. He knew what was before him because he came to die, to be, to be mistreated, to be abused. But he's like, no. Jesus said to him, away from me, devil, for it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus hid God's word in his heart. And then I love this. Then the devil left him and the angels came to him and ministered to him, attended to him. They probably gave him some angel food cake. Who knows? <laughs> but then... He was able to recalibrate and reboot because it was God's timing. Do you see? Temptation says, now, did your dad really mean the snake was not poisonous? Did he really say, don't touch the snake? Now, I want to open that jar. Now, I want to hold that snake. Now, I want to impress the people. Ah, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Every temptation, ladies and gentlemen, follows this same simple, effective, basic routine. Fast food, fast fame, fast fortune. Fast food, fast fame, fast fortune. So what do we do? Well, the devil's all about perversion. What do we do? The villain's defeat is through power. Power of the Spirit of God. That's what Jesus relied on. That's who Jesus relied on and the power of the Word of God. And we're to surrender ourselves because I want to put the cookies on the shelf where you, everyone can eat them. We need to surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God each and every day. We need to spend time. It could only be 10 minutes, 12 minutes. I'm ADD. I mean, 15 minutes, whoa, in Scripture, a day. I hide the Word in my heart. It is written, and notice, it's an offensive weapon, the sword of the Spirit. It's huge. Isn't it true that when we miss church for a couple of weeks, we're susceptible, we're vulnerable to temptations we normally aren't vulnerable to? Isn't it true when we miss that intimate time of communion with God, of hiding his word in our heart, how susceptible we are to temptation. Isn't, isn't it true? That is why we've got to be on our game. That's why we've got to surrender. That's why we've got to study. And that's why we've got to look at this thing from 30,000 feet and realize the Bible is about one villain, the devil, one hero, Jesus, and one message, Jesus saves. The villain has been defeated. The villain is a loser. 
The villain is on his way to the lake of fire. God is the God of the universe. Jesus is our sovereign savior. He's our master, our king, the alpha and omega. He understands when we're tempted. He understands when we're tested. We have a sympathetic savior. Let's rely on him, church, and let's emerge stronger and better as we live for him in Jesus' name. all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.